Welcome to Upward Together, a space of vulnerable conversation and intentional community where we see each other for who we are and really listen to the stories that only we can tell. Each episode features a special guest, and we dive into a topic that means something to them, highlighting the uniqueness and curiosity in all of us, ultimately learning from and growing with each other. I'm your host, Jethro Castillo, and I hope you enjoy this episode's conversation as we go upward together. On this episode, I had a conversation with my friend Nina Vo, and we touch upon the idea of growing pains, especially as we navigate our young lives. We talk about the courage it takes to change course, the importance of self-compassion, and how self-love and acceptance can become the new benchmarks for personal growth. Enjoy. You wanted to talk about growing pains. Um, what kind of like brought that up or what? why did that come to mind for you? I don't know. I feel like I'm in that part of my life where I'm transitioning from, I don't know, four years of undergrad, of a lifestyle kind of like a way of life um, into a new one. Well, it doesn't seem new because I'm going back, living with my parents, back to Chicago. Um, but there's some things that you kind of shed, leave behind as you graduate. Um, sure. And some things you do want to hang on to, like, you know, the proximity to friends, um, kind of the carefree nature of undergrad itself where you have that freedom to explore without any consequences um yeah stepping foot into the real world it feels a lot scarier than they could ever prepare you for a day as in being higher education um and that's why yeah it's been all in one so it's just funny that you say uh that they prepare i don't think I don't think education has prepared me at all for the moment oh, when I was no longer, a, when being a student was no longer part of your identity. They don't really, um, I don't feel like I was sufficiently prepared for that change in my identity. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say, though? I mean, what? when did you graduate? Um, this spring. Undergrad. May 2022. Yeah, so what, it's been like six months now? What yeah. Would, what what would you? It's it's been it's felt so much longer for me. Like I thought you've been out of school for like two years. So well, I kind of <laughs> it kind of feels that way. <laughs> what would you say it was the? Uh, what would you say was like the most unexpected part of the of transitioning out <laughs> of being a student? The unexpected. Yeah. Um... Or hard. Like what was. What 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 was hard? I think for me anyways, like someone who's always ran with a plan. Does that rhyme? Um <laughs> who've always had a plan, like always had a plan B, plan C even, like had a safety net under her in case anything, you know, goes to shit. Like I was always prepared. Um but I think when you kind of step foot into the real world, I kind of shed that plan unexpectedly, quickly, um, without having a backup, without a safety net under me. And I think it doesn't help when your that social comparison starts to ring when you're looking around you of like other classmates who have graduated and doing big things, you know, 
starting like their full-time jobs like right after undergrad those who are going straight into medical school those who are like furiously grinding like you know chasing that bag like and me not knowing 100% not being 100% sure where I'm going like it just felt like I was behind in the rat race and again like yeah yeah well you said uh you know, you're someone who always has a backup plan. You always have that plan. What I mean, so then when you graduated, you you just said uh, that you you didn't have a plan. What? Why not? Like, what was? Let me. Yeah. What was like the uh, was the plan that you had set in stone suddenly derailed for some reason? I think. Let me retract. Like, I did have a plan. Um. And it was the first time when the plan you're like you were saying derailed, where I didn't necessarily think this was the right path for me. Ah. Um, and I decided to jump ship before it was too late. Um, and that was the hard part of kind of navigating the waters without knowing what's underneath me. I feel like I was like treading, you know, water forever, like without in like the deep dark. You know, like the unknown was like right under me. Yeah, so. I well, it's you're speaking in the past tense, which means that I I assume that at this point in in time you are are <laughs> to continue the analogy swimming rather than just treading. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I guess to that point, uh, what kind of um, made you start swimming if that makes sense well actually i have a better question you said uh mm-hmm. the plan you know you it, it didn't feel like it was something that you wanted right mm-hmm. uh and you wanted to jump ship before it was too late most people would just kind of resign to the fact and go i need to push through this because it's been my mm-hmm. dream and my plan for so long what was that thought process like for you? Was it easier for you to let go of this plan that you've had for years and years and years? Or was there some like pull? And then what ultimately made you decide to make that jump and go, I want to do something that makes me feel fulfilled? It was so out of character for me, to be honest, because <laughs> like a freshman year, you know, college would have just rolled the wave, honestly, finished whatever the plan was and maybe even stayed with it, no matter how unfulfilling or unhappy I might have been. Um, I think what helped me to make the decision was knowing that there were people who who have been so supportive and who have just showed me like what it's like to do something you're passionate about, no matter what it was, like no matter the cost, the time, the energy. And I wanted to be that person. Um, And I knew that in order to stay true to that idea of like, you know, like making that difference because you care and because you can put your 100% into it um, without reservation. um, I wanted, you know, to be that person. Um, And so because of the people that I had in my life, um, that was, even though it was scary, I felt like I could jump and they would have been by my side. Like, I think I knew hearing the stories, you know, like meeting people who 
kind of like exude that confidence of going into the unknown without you know without fighting against it um since I know like people who have done that it's a, it feels like less daunting like I just sure. yeah sure. to go straight with it I'm not saying it wasn't scary it was scary yeah um, well, yeah for sure I mean it, it's just it's I think it's awesome for me to hear that like you didn't become jaded and I know we're young mm -hmm. so we we might have some naivety to us um but I feel like it can be very easy to kind of like you know struggle through college and then go all right I'm gonna graduate I'm just exhausted uh but at least I have this secure plan I'm gonna do this thing right out of college I just feel like it takes a lot of bravery and a lot of strength to so soon not even so it doesn't even matter how soon just in general to be like no this is not what I want and I'm going to make change I think that's a really hard thing to do because like you said it's like all of a sudden no safety net you're super you're 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 kind of treading above the unknown um but you know like you said you had amazing incredible people doesn't make it any less scary to jump into the unknown but i guess my question is is once you did right i imagine you you quit the plan and then you jumped into the unknown what was it like then because I think it was scary to make the jump. But once you've jumped and now you're in the unknown, what, it, what was that sort of experience like mm -hmm. figuring out what's next? Mm -hmm. I think you never know if you're going to make the right decision or not until you made the decision. <laughs> and yeah, right before I made the jump, of course, it was scary. But when I made that decision, I felt like a relief washed over me. Um, and I knew it was the right decision, but then now I have a whole new monster, like a mountain of a new, a new challenge in front of me. And that was what's next, which is daunting in its own right. It's a different kind of scary. For sure. Um, how are you, how are you tackling it? Right. Exactly. Um, and with that comes like with a wave of emotions of feeling like not good enough of feeling mm. again feeling behind, um, feeling like I must, I have to be doing something to be worthy, worthy of whatever it is, like worthy of, I don't know, like it felt like I had to achieve, like my whole life it's felt like that, where I had to achieve to be worthy of, like like all these validation from your parents, from your friends, from your family. Um, and I think a part of me making a decision was being tired of that, you know, of running off validation of like living for other people, essentially. Um, and so I feel like I'm deviating from the question. <laughs> um, Keep going. But, Keep going. Um, but yeah. And that's that point. I think not having a plan enables so many other doors to be open in front of you and you can choose to go whichever way you'd like and of, of course i'm fortunate enough to like be at home with my family again you know having like that support system under me while i get to pivot and like explore because i know not everyone gets that option right like sometimes th they have to stick to the plan because that's the only way right yeah absolutely so you do have to acknowledge that like there's a, a there's some 
privilege to be able to be able to jump ship that quickly without suffering like too heavy of consequences. That's very true. Right. That's very true. Um, I, I, I find it interesting that, you know, you mentioned that growing up, you always needed that validation. Uh, so same here, uh, just that Mm -hmm. idea that you need to overachieve to make your parents proud. And then it got to the point too, where it's like, I need to be better than everybody else almost too. Like, I don't want to fall. It's not that for me, at least it's not that I, it's not just that I didn't want to fall behind. I also wanted to be ahead, you know, like, and it was that competition and that rat race. Um, And then you said it was when you were tired of that, that allowed you to make, it helped you make that jump into the deep end. Um, But that didn't just come out of nowhere, right? I feel like that sort of pressure upon oneself is so ingrained. Mm -hmm. So how did you kind of, when you realize that the path, I love how we're being so like, like, generic about your path we have not disclosed what the path was <laughs> like where you're going next so i, I love the, the generalness about it um right. but when uh, it's not like a light switch happened or a light switch went off and you're like ah i no longer care about what other people think about me i'm gonna make this jump now uh like what kind of what happened and maybe that is what happened like literally it was a light switch but mm-hmm. at what point did you go uh and i think this is a very natural progression from leaving university or college where you're surrounded by your peers all the time like or surrounded by your competition all the time part of at least for me growing up from that environment is learning that like not every you know no one cares I don't mean it to be like that kind of crass but like I don't see these people I don't care about their validation anymore uh so I what what kind of like allowed you to get over that hump of of not needing external validation as much honestly i think i've always been an indecisive person right um and picking career is one of those options like those things that i just couldn't decide on and i think when i made this plan and made it clear to everyone that you know i was returning to grad school um <laughs> i think I wanted to prove to people that I can make a decision and stick through with it and follow through with it. Interesting. Um, and, and essentially that was a way of looking at others for validation. Like if I could follow through with things like and not trusting myself to be able to, you know, make the right decision for myself. And I'm like making this decision based because I'm like, Oh, I need to finish this because. I'm going back to grad school and I need to finish it because other people are going to look at me as if like, oh, she can't, you know, make the finish line. I like, can't finish the cross, like finish, cross the finishing line, basically. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so at that point, but then grad school itself, I was going to grad school to become a teacher, actually. And there were signs that were, I love students, but I knew it was like the best career fit. And... But again, I was scared. I'm like, if I don't finish this, this is gonna look horribly on me. But but who was who was going to think that? I like I had to remind myself like every single day. I'm like, if I don't finish this and I like pivot and pursue something else, like would it be the end of the world? Will everyone will all eyes be on me? And the the answer to that was no. People tend to, as humans, are like more focused 
thinking about their daily lives and what's <laughs> going on in their lives to so even care about oh, whether or not I finished grad <laughs> school, you know? Yeah. Um, and the people who are in my lives, like, understand the struggle of, you know, like, pursuing a path that might not be interesting for you. Like, I do confide in them and tell them. So, like, it, I don't know where that mentality of, like, I have to finish this because all the people are counting on me to finish this. That didn't make any, like, that was coming from a place of, you know, needing that validation from growing up of achieving, 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 like getting a master's degree would look good, especially the Asian parents. Like if I could pursue a PhD even better. <laughs> um, yeah. And of course, like as I was pivoting, I also thought about that. I'm like, what would this look like to my Asian household of like everyone I've been telling, like who, yeah. who I told I'm going to get a master's in a year and like start teaching and like, you know, these plans that didn't fall through. And um, at one point I got overwhelmed on top of being a student teacher, on top of, like, juggling, you know, these thoughts. And that's, I think, sometimes, like, it's the last straw that broke the camel's back that pushes people to make decisions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of what happened with me with, yeah, the over, the overwhelm of it all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. How, <laughs> how were you able to tell the difference between uh, I guess when you were <clears throat> in grad school to be a teacher, mm-hmm. how were you able to tell the difference between whether your feelings were, ah, like this career path isn't for me or, mm-hmm. oh no, it's just cause I'm, it's a rough transition and I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, how did you know for sure that it was like, no, this isn't for me versus it being, ah, I'm just nervous and anxious and overwhelmed because I'm mm-hmm. not used to this, but I really do want this. How did you, mm-hmm. how did you finally decide it was this one? Actually, it was really difficult. And that's why I didn't jump ship sooner than I did, because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just because like something new and I'm getting jitters about it. And usually I'm the type of person, if I'm not good at something, I have a bad habit of abandoning <laughs> it. Cause I feel like once if I pick something up, I have to be like an expert or really good at it right away. Um, so that made it really which is difficult. crazy which is crazy <laughs> nobody's not, like that <laughs> no no one's no, no one's like that um uh, but i'm just the perfectionist and i wanted to make sure this wasn't first time jitters and like i couldn't you know be on un- being unable to like cope with like not being great at teaching at class management um but after a while i think i looked less at the negative things or at the nerves and the jitters and more towards things that i enjoy doing nice so with students which is not necessarily like lesson planning or managing the classroom or creating routines and procedures. And it was more of asking how their day was going or like if they confided in me about something, I was like more worried about whether or not we can help them solve that so that they can start focusing in class again rather than, you know, teaching about, um, I don't know, adverbs um, <laughs> or about... Nice. <laughs> that that was the first thing that came to my head. The one thing was that a... Nina was, was remembered <laughs> to teach is not English or grammar, but adverbs specifically. <laughs> That's funny because I did not even touch upon adverbs. I was an ELA and social studies um, student teacher, but I was mainly like focused on social studies, and I don't even know why adverbs. I brought up adverbs. <laughs> Uh, maybe, that's a, maybe that's a sign. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but mainly, yeah. Um, I realized I enjoyed one-on-one conversations um, with students a lot more. 
Um, and that I, instead of, you know, while I was student teaching in the back, like doing lesson plans, I was like thinking about how can I get, there was a, a social worker on the floor for the middle schoolers. Her name was Miss Mary. Um, and I, the kids love going to Miss Mary because they could just go to her and talk about things, their problems, nice. and stuff like yeah. that. And I'll be in the classroom thinking, how can I get Miss Mary's job? You <laughs> <Wow>. know, <laughs> like I want Miss Mary's job. And so that's when I knew. I'm like, okay, maybe teaching is not for me. <laughs> um, as much as I wanted the shoe to fit, it didn't. Um, and so that's how I came to that conclusion. And I also have to acknowledge that, like, yeah, I'm a perfectionist. Like, I'm going to go into things. And maybe that's why I have problems deciding. Like, I'm so indecisive because I just want to be good at the thing that I want to do. So working on that. And that's a growing pain right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I, I like I that, grab. though. It was, it was less about... It was less about oh, I don't like these gross feelings because they can be hard to interpret, right? Those, whether or not they're just like first time jitters or they're actually like, you do not like this position, but really mm -hmm. focus on what you love to do. So then it's like, oh, I love this. I love this. I love this. Is this the job that allows me to do these things that I love the most? And then if the answer is no, then obviously you, but, but to that point, it's almost like, it's not that you didn't have a plan when you jumped ship. It, obviously it was unknown and it was murky, but like at that point, you were kind of letting your love for your love pretty much guide you. Uh, that Wow, that sounds so cliche, but it's that idea like you love one on one. You love helping solve people's problems. You very much admire Miss Mary and what she does. And so then you kind of work around that, I would assume. Right. So then mm -hmm. whether you reapply to a, a grad school for a different program or you decide to enter this job field or yada, yada, yada. You're doing it with that in mind now. Um, and so I think that's just a really cool way, I think, to navigate growing pains is to like be able to look ahead at what you enjoy rather than just like be stuck in what that, that mm -hmm. rut is. Um, you had said that you are a perfectionist. Um, I'm gonna ask a really vague question, abstract, and we're gonna see how it goes. <laughs> Okay. Why? That's the question. Yeah, why? That one are, word. Why are you <laughs> why are you a perfectionist? That's an interesting question. To be completely honest, I do not know. But a part of me knows. I feel like being the first born I feel like this is my sob story every single time but it's hey. true like <laughs> the first born immigrant daughter on both sides of my family actually I was put on this pedestal um that you know I felt like I was like the lighthouse for like future generations um like no matter what I did I like there was no flaws to me like that's how I felt like having even like younger siblings and cousins tell me like sometimes like so like they felt bad about themselves because like I was hold to this like standard and this like pedestal that they had to follow and I felt like oh shit like I do I need to prove something else myself and like show them like you can achieve so much more um and so that plus being of course immigrant daughter like it doesn't help that like you're expected to be perfect like I felt like growing up like 
in order to receive, I thought like to be deserving of love and care and, um, you know, attention was to be perfect, to not cause any problems, to not have, you know, cause any ripples. And I don't know why I love working with this water analogy right now, but well, I'm, I'm there though. I'm there though. It sucks because it was like, oh, jump ship. Oh, you went into the deep end. You're treading water. You're swimming. I'm like, how deep are we? How far are we gonna take this this water analogy? I'm an I love creative writing. See, there's there's that too. Um, so like I I work with <laughs> analogies here. Um, but yeah, it I don't want to cause any problems to my family. Like you know, they also growing up being first generation, like being one of the first to go to college. Even like it it felt like I was pioneering yeah before a whole generation coming after me um, has has there ever been a moment in life where you were imperfect and it had extremely adverse uh consequences that's a good question um now that i think about it no and isn't that what's and so weird <laughs> yeah, that that you just made me think about that. Wow, it's so weird. So where uh, are you coming from? I can't. It, it's weird that, and and it makes sense because I understand the whole upbringing thing from like immigrant parents, where the quality of life in America is very different from the quality of life where they grew up, and so adjusting to that is very hard. And I can only imagine mm -hmm. how my parents were raised growing up, and that obviously will translate into how I was raised. So I get where the whole uh, feeling being put on a pedestal, needing to be perfect uh, so that you don't cause problems. Um, but at the end of the day, it's almost we it, when we hit a certain age, we're just doing it to ourselves because I can't think of mm -hmm. a single time where I have actually failed and uh, people started I lot uh, people started judging me more. Like people were like, "Oh, you're not capable." Like I have just made, I have just created that myself, um, and so it's a weird thing to unlearn because I don't know how I learned, like how I learned it so pain. deeply. It's a growing right? pain. Yeah, exactly. It's a growing pain, and it's so funny because one of my one of the earlier episodes with one of my friends was about. Um, uh, she is a aspiring doctor and she uses the words de-differentiate and re-differentiate to refer to cells. So cells over time differentiate, they become specialized, mm -hmm. right? Certain cells do certain things. However, mm -hmm. there are times when certain cells de-differentiate and they actually become more of a generalist uh, because of something that happened in your environment. And then you re-specialize or re-differentiate later. Um, and in fact, Growing up, most of our cells are actually in the de-differentiation mode. It's like a very open thing. Like they're able to like change and adapt and evolve depending mm -hmm. on what your body needs or what your brain needs. It's the same thing with people. Uh, obviously, when we're growing up, we have a lot of learning to do. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, okay, this is what's good. This is what's not. This is what I love. This is what I don't love. And then obviously you enter into these paths and you're like, ah, oh, I need to be a student teacher. I need to be a teacher. I need this, yada, yada, yada. And then you're now de-differentiating or you're unlearning and then you're relearning other things and I think that is the definition of growing pains is 
well, even like in a physical sense, like we get growing pains when we hit our growth spurts or we enter puberty. The idea is, is our body has to forget the old body and adjust to the mm -hmm. new body that is coming. And so it is interesting that uh, and I love growing pain as a phrase because it seems almost counterintuitive, pain, growing. But that's the whole idea is that it is, it's tough, hence the pain, but you do grow from it um, in the sense that like, well, I don't want to really go down that path, but it's this idea of, I don't think we emphasize unlearning enough in in life or or as mm -hmm. in school like the ability to let go of something and so i just want to kind of acknowledge mm -hmm. your ability to let go of something that you've been on for like four years if you started freshman year of college to become a teacher to then not fall into the sunk cost fallacy and go ah but i spent four years to be in this position as a student teacher i can't waste it away now you're a, uh, i think the ability to say no it's not right kind of unlearn this plan and then jump and then relearn. Well, re is weird. Learn a new plan. I think it's just very impressive, especially considering the fact that, like you said, you are a perfectionist and um, you have to like follow through. You don't want to be flaky. You don't want to be that person that mm -hmm. is a failure because you quit, which is also kind of a weird sort of way to look at that, that quitting is failing because, uh, not necessarily the case um i guess my final final question is regarding that perfectionist thing is um you said you're working on it when you choose to work on something to improve yourself what what do you do how do you how do you how are you unlearning your perfectionist sort of tendencies well the first thing i did was quit the program <laughs> and now it it just takes one step and then from then on like once you realize how it's not as scary as it seems that like you can do it everything starts to become a little bit easier mm. when you can feel that coming on so like after you know leaving the program um and you know figuring out my next paths like I realized like oh I don't have to be perfect so then that translates into other parts of my life where there's like being a daughter being a friend being a girlfriend like I didn't beat myself up for the things that I knew that I couldn't control um so I'm a very self-aware person so I'll know when I am you know relinquishing like retreating back to my old ways and being like, too hard on myself or like like yeah being tolerant for not being perfect i'll probably still initially react in that way but then a second wave comes and like i step back and i'm like okay it's your you're acting up again um, so <laughs> um and then i you know reevaluate that and then it's just slowly you kind of learn to unlearn those things um yeah and but it's also just taking that first step you know, as it's, hard as it may be. Yeah, it's crazy that it's not crazy, but there's no um quick fix, right? It does take mm -mm. the first step and then the second and the third and then it just takes time. But then you look back and you realize, whoa, you've, you know, grown so much. Uh, I think a thought came to my head where if perfection is 
the benchmark. Like you will never be good enough. That's just the reality. And so you either will never be good enough your entire life or you let go of that perfectionism and realize, you know, the, I feel like the benchmark should always just be, I almost said be better than you were yesterday, but that's still like a competition within yourself. I would almost say Mm -hmm. like the true benchmark is like, do you, do you love your, do you love yourself? Uh, and, and, and that's where it should, it should really be in line. So I think with that whole idea of like, oh, I love one-on-one talks with students. I love kind of solving problems. I love what Miss Mary does. And like focusing on that, I think it's the same thing within ourselves too, is rather than going, ah, like, I don't want to feel like a failure. or I don't want to feel like this. It's more like I want to do things that make me love myself independent of what Mm -hmm. other people think right and so Mm -hmm. if in your head you're like ah like I don't want to be a perfectionist I feel like I would be happier allowing myself to be gentle to to grow with myself to be where I'm at um it's easier to kind of orient yourself rather than going ah uh I don't want to be a perfectionist or saying Mm -hmm. I need to be a perfectionist or else all these people will judge me like looking at it in a way that will maximize your love for self, I think is a really awesome way to kind of start to push uh, yourself to improve, um, however okay. little those steps may be. That's kind of my final no, thoughts on what what you were saying and reflecting on. Do you have any kind of like final thoughts or reflections or, or it's something? It's funny that, yeah, that you brought up, you know, like looking more towards the positive um, and not like you know going to like I don't want to be a perfectionist it's funny I'm gonna bring it up because it's teaching it's funny enough um <laughs> with students you tend to kind of instead of saying don't run you ask them to walk instead or like like stop yelling instead of saying stop yelling you say please use an inside voice and I, that was kind of similar to your way of looking at things I think like it depends on how you see things and it's all based on perspective right um so with growing pains i know the word pain is in there um and you can look at it as you know oh like a a bad thing or it could just be like a flu shot where it you know it's a quick quick thing but if you write it through um it could be proved like proven to be one of like the best course of action you ever take so um, yeah I am going to be the worst person and I'm going to end with this because I think it's so funny. Right. I think yeah, it's, so it's funny. It, Did I make another analogy? No, it's like <laughs> it's like um, growing pains is like jumping into an ice cold Here we go. <laughs> lake or water. It's like Probably really, Copenhagen. really, it's like really, really scary before you do it. It's really just that anxiety and the anticipation. But the moment you do it, it might suck when you're cold, but it could be an amazing experience as you're like swimming and enjoying the the water. Yada yada yada. Yeah, you're going back to the analogy. That's uh, what it was. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I was just so surprised that you brought up flu shot, and I was like, "That's not water I know. related. It's not water." <laughs> I was like, "What is really painful, but like really like a quick pain?" I don't know. Uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Hypothermia feels heart, like it would not heart, be quick. Heartbreak. <laughs> Of course you bring that up. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate yeah, it. Um, and uh, take care. Thanks for having me. Thank you for stopping by this episode of Upward Together. 
We appreciate you being a part of this, taking the time to listen and reflect alongside us. We'll see you on the next episode. Love everyone. Peace.